Welcome to the First Timers Podcast Show, where we offer insight, tips, and advice for first-timer, long-time home buyers, sellers, and investors. I'm your host, Mikey T, personal home consultant, real estate agent, homeowner, and investor. Please subscribe to our podcast show on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play, and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at First Timers Podcast Show. Today, we're going to learn a little bit about your property tax and what goes into it and how it's all derived. And for many first-time home buyers and even people that have owned for a long time, I I truly don't even understand the the property tax situation. So I got my man over here, Mike Embriaco. He is a tax assessor in New Jersey and in a few towns, Freehold, Bayhead, and Boundbrook. And he's also a real estate agent, realtor associate, with Ward White, <laughs> Sotheby's International. You can check him out right now on Instagram at Embriaco underscore Realtor and on Facebook at Shore Homes One. And then you can look him up on Zillow. He is everywhere. And through his sites, you're going to be able to get to his pages. So, Mike, thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate you being here. Sure, I appreciate the invite. Awesome, man. So uh, before we get into all this tax stuff that – I, I at times don't even understand. I want to know what would make someone become a tax assessor. This is something I never even thought of when I was in school. And uh, and then what brought you into real estate? So Well, to answer that question, uh, I didn't plan on being a tax assessor either. So <laughs> <laughs> um, I went to college at uh, Rutgers Camden down in South Jersey after I graduated from Brookdale with uh, getting my associates. Um, and... Uh, after I graduated from, from Rutgers, I really kind of didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, so I actually had a buddy of mine whose father uh, had a day trading company, and I day traded for I think probably like a year and a half. Uh, didn't work out. Uh, I got frustrated because I wasn't making enough money that I thought I should be making. Um, my own fault, nobody else's. Uh, I left, and I had um, I, I had a connection to get into um, – a, uh, a tax assessor's office. Actually, my brother is also a tax assessor, and he was already probably three or four years involved in in the field. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I got hired um, in a tax assessor's office in Middlesex County. I worked there for this was back. I think I got hired in like October two thousand six. I worked there till December two thousand seven, and I made up my mind that I wanted to give day trading one more shot. Uh-huh. I saw a couple of buddies of mine that were still day trading. And the market uh, was good at that time. The market time. was on fire. The, yeah. mar- the market was was ripping and that was killing me because I'm seeing my buddies, <laughs> my buddies are making, you know, 20 to $30,000 a month. Oh my God. And I'm here, you know, working at a municipality, which, you know, I had pension benefits making it's at the time. It's not $20,000 a month. I, I, I think my salary when I got hired at this municipality was probably twenty six or $27,000 a year. Oh my, and they're making that a month. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I, I needed to at least give it another try to see if it was going to work out. And I, uh, I started back, day trading, I think in January of 2008. Um, Just before the, the, the Literally. I, so the yeah. first, I think, month, I did very well. I had the best week I had ever had even prior to when I was – I think I made like $10,000 my first week back. <laughs> um, and then, you know, I think it was probably sometime in like February or March of 2008, the market just started tanking. And uh, I obviously had a terrible day and, 
you know, I, you know, when when you when you're a day trader, I presume most companies, you know, you you sign up with, you got to put up some of your money, which I did, um, and obviously that was all, you know, gone um, from a pretty one day in particular. Oh so uh, yeah, so so you know, I I, I quit, um, and then I uh, I had another again <clears throat> since I had experience in the tax assessing field from working in this prior municipality. Um, that was kind of the thing that was, I don't want to say a fallback, but it was something that I knew I could, you know, I, I, I had a, uh, a future as a career. Um, and it was something that I enjoyed. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like I was like, you know, Oh, I gotta go to work. I gotta like punch a clock from nine to five when, and that's, you know, so it was, um, it's interesting. It's, it's definitely challenging. Um, and so I, I got hired working in a municipality in, um, actually got hired in Freehold Township, um, in, I want to say probably, uh, you know, June or July of 2008, um, I sat for the, uh, to be, so as a tax assessor, you have to get your CTA, your certified tax assessor's certificate, basically. Uh Um, it's, it, there's only two tests per year that are given. Uh, I think that's still the case. Um, so I sat for the exam, I think probably sometime in like March of 2009. Um, and I passed, you know, on my first try, luckily, because it's it's a very difficult test. Uh, and then there ended up being a, a tax assessor's opening in a uh, municipality in Monmouth County, Marlboro. I, uh, luckily enough, I got hired there in September 2009. Um, I worked there until November of 2012. And then um, the assessor, who's my friend, who uh, was the assessor when I got hired in Freehold Township as just the inspector for the tax assessor's office in 2008, he left to go to another town and the township, you know, kind of courted me and wanted me to come back to Freehold where I, you know, really kind of got a lot of my original experience. And I went back there in November 2012 and I've been there since then. Sweet. So do you... Are you full-time in Freehold and part-time in these other uh, two areas? Yes. So Freehold Township, I'm full-time. Uh, I'm off on Fridays, but I'm, I work a full 40-hour work week on Monday through Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm also the tax assessor in Boundbrook in Somerset County, and then I'm in Bayhead in Ocean County. So Boundbrook, I'm, I'm there um, one night a week. And then, of course, I obviously, you know, whatever I have to do outside the office, I have to do it during my own time. But I have three hours of office hours per week. And then in Bayhead, uh, I'm there on Friday mornings from uh, 9 to 11 a.m. And then same thing. You know, if I have to catch up on some work or inspections or so forth, you know, I got to find time to do that on my own time. Now, besides doing all of that, you, uh, you, you also became a licensed realtor. Yeah, so I got my license, I think. I want to say probably sometime in 2014. Uh, there's a funny story behind this. So my wife and I, who she's also a, a licensed real estate agent as well, we took the class together either in 2012 or 2013. Um, and as you know, as, as a licensed real estate agent, um, once you pass the class, you have a year from when you pass the class to pass the state exam. Yeah. And so I am a bit of a procrastinator. <laughs> so we took the class. We both passed. Um, my wife, I think, probably took the state exam, I don't know, a month after. And I waited um, and then didn't realize that the, the year was coming up pretty quick. And I had just had knee surgery for a, a torn you know, cartilage in my knee. 
And so I'm here. I am like a week from this this year coming up, and I have to take this exam. And I, you know, I'm I'm on like painkillers while I'm taking this exam. And unfortunately, <laughs> I failed it. I think by like one point. Um, and then I tried to take it one more time, and I think I failed it by like two points. And a lot of the stuff with. Um, I'll be honest. I probably didn't study that much because you were all, you're out from your class. What like do you that's, mean? I mean, you you, yeah, well, well, you finished well, the yeah. class, so then it was another year. Yeah, so, that's a long time to not yeah, have yeah, that is, information. Um, so, long story short, I had to take the. I wanted to be an agent, so I had to retake the course, which <laughs> I did. I think probably in 2014. Uh, I got licensed, and then I decided to go to Ward White Sotheby's. Uh, that's where my you know wife was prior to me getting my license and, you know, felt like a perfect fit to go there. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, how has the, the real estate uh, experience been for you seeing that you're, you're, you're dealing with real estate on both ends in, in quite the same way? Yeah. So, I, you know, as far as um, you're talking about how, like, I meshed the two yeah, of them yeah. together. So uh, I, I certainly think that when I was taking the course, um, I had a lot of knowledge about the the tax side of things, uh, how that works, because that's, that's what I do every day, uh, mm-hmm. Monday through Friday. Um, so that came natural to me that, you know, that's not something I really had to study because that, I, that's I, the part of the test you, you passed. Yeah, oh, a problem. 100%, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, you know, it's, it's something that's really important as well going forward now, because it's becoming pretty prevalent where there are municipalities every year, there's more municipalities that are deciding to reassess their town on an annual basis. So what that means is um, in the old system and a lot of other counties right now, aside from, you know, Monmouth and Somerset and I think Bergen, there's also some towns in in Bergen that reassess every year. Um, The old system is that, you know, you have a reevaluation, whatever, once every 10 years, that's technically or typically ordered by the county tax board or the division of taxation. Once that reevaluation is put on, you know, that it's really kind of like in cruise control from there. The assessor, you know, defends tax appeals where they need to or, or when they're filed. Um, they pick up an added assessment and an added assessment is when somebody does something new to their property. Like if there's a, you put a pool in, you now get, you're going to get taxed for that pool. So in the old system, there's really not much that a tax assessor can do except for defend tax appeals, um, process deeds, um, pick up added assessments, and then, you know, whatever, put on subdivisions. When a town uh, decides to reassess, they are now giving the tax assessor the role and job of re basically taking a look at every single property value in that town every year and putting their opinion of value on that property uh, every year. So in Freehold Township, we have now reassessed, um, we, we, we did a reassessment for 2015, 16, 17, 18, and now we're in the process of finalizing our tax list probably within the next two weeks for the 2019 tax year. So the, 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 why it's it's really kind of important for a real estate agent to understand if a municipality is being reassessed or not is because and this happens all the time in, in particularly in in um, the two towns I do re- so I reassess in Freehold annually and I reassess in Boundbrook annually in in, in Bayhead um, we don't reassess there um, but say I have a property in one of my towns where I reassess annually 
and their assessment is three hundred thousand dollars, and the buyer, you know, pays three hundred fifty thousand dollars. Well, now they've just set the market value for the property. Now I and and when you reassess, you're putting the value of that property at a hundred percent of market value. Mm-hmm. So this assessment at $300,000 was deemed by the assessor of that town to be market value and then somebody just went and paid 350. So what has to happen is that next year that p- assessment's going to go up. Mm-hmm. And the assessment's going to go up and not only is the assessment going to go up but then unfortunately the the taxes are more than likely going to go up. Absolutely. So a lot of um I think real estate agents don't don't go as far as to look into that and and let their client know that, hey, you know, are you aware and are you okay with the fact that, you know, the taxes right now on this property are $8,000. Next year, they might be nine. Yeah. So do you still want to buy this property? If you do, that's that's fine. I just want to let you know. Can you, can you afford the property? Well, that's the other thing too. Like, are you getting approved based on the fact that the taxes are eight or because you may not get approved if the, you know, and that's the other, like I've had conversations with lenders where... <clears throat> I knew that this was going to happen to like one of my buyer clients. So I said to the lender, I'm like, listen, these pro- this, I just actually helped the client close on a property in Union Beach. And this was a case of where it was elevated and renovated. So the assessment on the property was probably like $180,000. <laughs> and they paid like $280,000, let us just say, right? So I knew that they were going to get an added assessment in the future. And I wanted their lender to escrow for what the higher taxes were going to be. And they won't, they won't do that. So you have to basically set money aside. Yeah, as, as the new buyer. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, absolutely. The following year, you're going to get hit over the head. Right. So you're going to get a notification. Like, you know, most banks, I think, do their escrow analysis in um, the fall. So if there's an added assessment bill and that comes out in October, it's payable November 1st. That's, that's like that in the entire state. It doesn't matter what town you live in. The bank pays that added assessment bill. And then they're going to, you know, do the escrow analysis and say, okay, well, your taxes are now, whatever, $1,000 higher. You need to give us, call it $3,000 more to replenish your escrow account. <laughs> and that, I get phone calls like that all the time. Like, you know, I bought this house with the, you know, understanding that my taxes were eight and now they're nine or now they're 10. I can't afford that. And I'm, and I, you know, I, I have to like, you know, uh, toe the line a little bit because, you know, aside from being a real estate agent, I'm also a tax assessor. But I look at that and I'm thinking, well, what, what? I know your your real estate agent is there to, you know, try and guide you on, you know, value and, and guide you through the, you know, the, the inspection process. But you got to kind of know that that is something that, especially if you're working in a municipality that is reassessing annually, you, got, you need to know that because mm-hmm. that's something that could, you know, crush your client in the next year with payment that they might not be able to afford. You're absolutely right. And I think, you know, for you, the the greatest value that you offer your clients, I mean, one of them is, is that aspect. And, um, and I'm all about every agent should have some type of value that they could offer their client unless they're, they're generating. Okay. Well, is this, what are the terms of the sale? You know, was it, was it a sheriff's sale? Which obviously I could tell that very easily because it says on their sheriff's sale. Um, but say, you know, I have a sale that sold for $50,000 less than uh, what the assessment is. I kind of start, you know, I need to do some research. I need to know why that sold for less than what I have it assessed for. Is it because my data is wrong? Sometimes if we don't get into a house, when we try and do an inspection, um, if we don't get inside the house, we estimate the data, which is always a higher estimate. Maybe that could be the case. Maybe the house is outdated and I, my data is not 
Correct. Mm-hmm. So there was, so we process deeds. I process deductions. So um, property owners, you know, are there's a couple deductions that are offered through the state of New Jersey. You could get a you know veteran deduction. Um, you can get a senior deduction. You get a dis- disability deduction. Um, I handle subdivisions. So if um, once the subdivision is is recorded with the county clerk's office, it's my job to then update the tax records for the following year. Uh, I have to make sure through my engineering office that they update the, the tax maps to show now that this one lot is now two lots. Um, you know, there's really there's a there's a there's a quite a few roles as the tax assessor. But when somebody comes into my office though and they say, you know, how did you get my, where did you come up with my value? How did you get this value? There's no way I could sell my house for this amount. I then I, that's what I say. I go I go and print out a bunch of sales in their neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Cuz those are what, you know, location location location. We're using comparable sales in their neighborhood to come up with what their value, you know, in our opinion should be. Yeah. Um, so pretty, pretty similar to what you do as an agent yeah, when you're, when yeah. you're comping out a house 100%. For, for a buyer yeah. or, or actually a seller. Now, how do you guys come up with um, the, the assessed value for like new construction? So we, we have a, um, a residential costing manual that we are provided by from the state. So First thing we do, and, and this goes for every property, um, we have a sketch of the property. So th- the building is measured from the outside of the, the, the house. For instance, we're talking about a home. Uh, you measure everything from the outside of the house. Then we collect the information as far as, you know, if there's a fireplace or if there's a basement, if there's a deck, if there's a garage, all that. And we we um, enter that information into our our um, our, our, our um our assessing software. Um, and then from there, we need to basically back into what we think the land value should be after we have a pretty good idea of, I mean, let me rewind. So after we sketch that information in, um, I need to come to an, an, uh, an educated opinion as to what I think the home is worth. So that would lead me to then start looking at comparable sales. So if the, Comparable sales are proving to me that, you know, the home, a new construction is worth $800,000. And this is without me even having knowledge of what it's going to sell for. Yeah. Um, say I think it's worth $800,000, or that's what the comps say. And the, the, uh, the cost approach, the residential cost approach, the, the, the software that we're using is telling me that the building value is $600,000. Well, then I'm basically just backing into what the land value should be. Ultimately, yeah. the land would be $200,000. Mm-hmm. Um, but that – there's land formulas for, for different neighborhoods. So there's – this land formula has – that $200,000, you know, plus or minus, depending on the – you know, some lots in that neighborhood might be smaller or bigger. Um, that land formula has to work for that entire neighborhood. So, you know, I can't have, a, you know, an $800,000 sale – with a $200,000 land value uh, and then have a $900,000 sale with the same lot size and that be a $300,000 land value. Yeah. It's got to be uniform for the neighborhood. And that's the other thing too. You know, as an assessor, you have to you have to be fair. You, you have to practice uniformity. You know, I can't have a 300,000 I, I can't have a 3,000 square foot house in the neighborhood um, as the same style. Let's just say it's a colonial. I can't have that assessed at $50,000 less than the same, you know, comparable home um, 
and it's just because it's, you know, uh, it's got a different color siding, you know? Yeah. So everything, you know, uh, you know, a lot of people always, especially during tax appeals, they'll, they'll bring up like price per square foot. And I'm not a proponent of price per square foot, unless we're talking about maybe like a condo, because price per square foot with a house, there's a lot of things that are different in a home. You could have a basement, you could have a finished basement, you could have a pool, you could have a renovated kitchen, renovated bathrooms. You know, none of that changes the square footage of the house. Exactly. Yeah. So you know, I don't. I never look at price per square foot because it's just not a good indicator as to what you know. Somebody could could have sold their house for two hundred fifty dollars uh, a square foot, and this other person's like, "Well, well, I'm assessed at two seventy five a square foot," and I'm like, "Well, yeah, but you're renovated, and that one was completely outdated. Totally, two yeah. different things. Yeah. Yeah. So, but with with new construction, I I, I would imagine you know buyers when they're looking at new construction, there's obviously not a previous tax. There's amount. not. So basically, um, most of the time I usually have, uh, the, the, uh, proposed purchase price. Um, but I would say I probably don't even need it because based on our experience and based on the comparable sales that we're aware of, we can value the property. Um, but, as far as like tax, if somebody wanted to know, hey, you know, what am I going to be paying? They they give me their their purchase price, and I multiply that by the township's tax rate, and that gives me you know what it's going to be. I mean, it's not going to be one hundred percent exact, but it'll be within probably like a hundred dollars. Yeah, and you know, as far as like the tax rate, the yeah, how ta- did they come up with the tax rate? Because the tax rate is broken down, I guess, with the school, yes. the county, and and the municipality. Is that how it is? Yes. So okay. there are three, and I was kind of getting back to earlier, um, where I think a lot of people don't even know like where their taxes are getting allocated towards. You know, we're as the municipality, we're kind of like the whipping boy for everybody. Even though, you know, like in for instance, Frail Township where I work, right? I think our the amount of the tax rate that's the budget of Freehold Township is like probably like twenty nine or thirty <laughs> percent. You know the the, the wow. county might be like, I think the county might be like five or seven percent. The school district's almost like seventy percent. Yeah. So, and I'm not saying anything you know negative about the school district, but I think a lot of people you know they don't you know when you you want to have somebody to like yell at. Sometimes, right? And it's you. <laughs> yeah. So, but I also, you know, make it aware that, listen, I understand your frustration, but just so you know, you know, let's call it $10,000 taxes. Of your $10,000 of taxes per the year, $3,000 of that is to the town where you're getting garbage pickup, you're getting street lighting, you're getting your, you know, you know you're getting your police, you're getting your, your roads plowed, you know, that's not bad. Yeah. Um... You know, the other $7,000, the pretty decent amount of that is going to the schools, and then a small percentage of that is going to the county. Um, you know, people come in the office all the time, and they say, well, I don't have any kids in the school district. I'm like, I- I- I'm not a politician. I apologize. <laughs> like, I have no control. Yeah, over there's what- nothing you could do yeah, about it. Yeah, So I said, you got you know, you got to go out and vote. Yeah. Um, it's funny you bring that up, and I'm just yeah. go off subject, but it, with the, the elections coming up, I see some people that I know in local towns yeah, that are I know, running. I think I know who you're talking about. And and you you hear the story about oh the taxes went up and they're saying the taxes didn't go up on our end like go check out the school board right. there, there's a whole another aspect to your taxes that's not our fault and I, I think 
when people go and, and before they attack and before they attack you or the council or anybody else, they should maybe look into what portion of the tax really went up. Because when you see that your town is doing shared service and they're doing everything they can to cut costs and your taxes are going up, but well, maybe there's a whole other aspect that you need to put your eyes on. And a lot of times people don't even think about going after the school board or seeing what they're doing. That That's that's a meeting that's probably less attended than anything. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, so as far as the budgets are concerned, um, the the tax rate is made up of the, the school board's budget. Uh, it's made up of the county budget, and then it's made up of the municipal budget. So if you ever hear a town say that, you know, our municipal our, – our, our rate went down – or we're flat, but you actually see the overall rate has gone up, that town, you know, uh, is speaking about just their share of the rate. So, you know, you could have a tax rate of of $2 one year and then $2.10 the next year, but the municipal portion of that rate may not have changed. It And there's caps to that too. Like there's a 2% cap from year to year that the budgets are not allowed to increase by. However, there's exclusions in there, you know, and I, I don't know exactly what the exclusions are. It might be like an increase in like healthcare costs for like a municipality. Yeah. So, but you know, when I, and I know the town you're, you're speaking of, <laughs> but you know, when you, when, when somebody makes a statement that all oh, the taxes have gone up under, you know, so-and-so's watch a town and the committee members or the council members have zero control over what the school board's budget is or what the county budgets is. Absolutely. And that goes the same for the school board's got no control over the town's budget. The county's got no control over the schools or the town's budget. So, you know, and as far as the school board budget, even if it gets voted down, let's just say, um, I, I, I probably shouldn't even, I, they can still get it approved, I believe. Uh, I think if it gets voted down, it's got to go to the state approval anyway. Mm-hmm. But I, I believe all the budgets, I think, got to get approved by the state to begin with. But, um, you know, it's if, you, if you're not happy, right? <laughs> if you're not happy about um, the spending in the town or the spending by the school board or the county, you, you know, you gotta, you gotta go to the, you gotta go to the meetings. You gotta go to a committee or council meeting. You gotta go to a school board meeting. You gotta go to a freeholders meeting. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and it's not going into your office and attacking you. You're, you're just facilitating what needs to get done. Yeah. Well, you know what? I, I it's very rare that, uh, I've, I've been a tax assessor for just about 10 years now, a little under 10 years. Um, I don't get offended if somebody comes in because I know I know property taxes are a very delicate situ- you know topic, um, and and I think most of the time when somebody comes in all fired up, they're cooled off. There's been you know maybe a handful in my you know nine to ten years as a tax assessor that you know they're just unreasonable and there's nothing you really could do. That that's like with anybody in real you know, real world. Like there's going to be people that you just you just can't talk any sense to them. However, you you know I feel like. Um, it's just a it's a matter of just educating yourself and just understanding that there's certain things that we have control over as a municipality and then there's things that we don't have any control over like you know the school board's budget yeah now i remember uh, probably the last few years um there was a lot of uprise with 
the the reassessments mm-hmm. and and companies coming in to reassess and they were reassessing wrong and um, I had friends come up to me asking for comps because their house was reassessed incorrectly. I mean, maybe they were assessing for the following year with the the way the markets was okay. going. Um, how did that affect your area? I mean, were, were these these were outside companies contracted? And I mean, are are you going to every house or, or is no, freehold so- hiring a, a, an assessment company? That's a, that's a lot of legwork. Yeah. So, in any time a town does a reevaluation, they cannot do it in house. So, like a reassessment, I can reassess the town on my own. Okay. Um, as far as a reevaluation, and I'm just talking about changing the values. I'm going to tell you about the inspections too. So, um, with a reevaluation. Um, that has to be done by a state certified reval company. There's only, I think probably like eight or nine of them. You can look, does anybody really wanted to know? They can look them up on, yeah. you know, they can just go Google and like <laughs> New Jersey approved reval comp revaluation companies. Um, with a reval company, they're the ones doing the inspections too. With their, with annual reassessments, the town can do it in house if they choose to, or they can hire an outside company to do the inspections in freehold. Uh, we don't, we, it's just me and one other guy working in the office. So we don't have the manpower to inspect, you know, I think it's like 2,500 properties a year. <laughs> so, you know, we farm it out. We have a contract with a company and, and, and they do the inspections. Um, you know, getting back to about possibly, you know, information being wrong. The, the, and, you know, I, I, I feel like myself and other assessors, even though I, I thought we, you know, we've done a, pretty good job of explaining the repercussions of not getting into, uh, the home, you know, what happens is if, so if there's going to be properties that are on the list to be inspected for, let's just say 2019, uh, they're going to get a postcard, uh, mailed by the company that we hired to do the inspections, but the postcard comes from me, uh, and indicates that you're on the list of properties that need to be inspected this year per the annual reassessment. Um, you know, uh, if we don't get into your home, um, we're going to leave a door hanger that first time. And, you know, obviously we, we would appreciate if that day and time is no good, reach out to us and we'll reschedule. Otherwise we're going to come back. And if you're not there the second time, that's our last attempt. And Oh, by the way, if we don't get into your house, we're going to estimate what's inside the home because it's not fair for, and we get this pretty often, you know, um, Say we live next to each other, and um, I renovated my house, and I didn't take out any permits. I renovated my basement, and you have the same exact house as me, and you did the same renovations, and you let them in. And now you're now being assessed for all those renovations, and I didn't let them in, and the town, the tax assessor, decides not to give them an estimate. Well, that's not really fair to the property owners that decided to let them into their home because now these other prop, now, you know, um, I didn't let them in. So I'm not being assessed for what I should be, be assessed for. Now you and everybody else in the town is carrying that burden of what my extra assessment should have been. Mm -hmm. And so, when we don't get into a home, we estimate what's inside the house, which inflates the value. And it's, it's a guesstimate because we really don't know. And this is common practice with, with every reval company in the state. 
Um, and I know almost every single assessor does this. And this is not this is not done to like, oh, you know, screw you. You didn't let me in your house. It's done because we're trying. I want everybody to let me in their house because I want to make sure I have your value correct. But if you don't, I have to guess what's inside your house. And I really don't know. And, you know, we get people that call and they're like, well, you know, you were in my house four years ago. I'm like, well, that was four years ago. You could have, you, you could, you know, you could have renovated your bathroom. You could have renovated your kitchen, you know? And they're like, well, I wouldn't, why, why wouldn't do that? And I'm like, there's people out there who don't take out permits. Yep. And so my goal again, as the assessor is to make sure your value is correct. I'm just trying to get it to market value. Am I going to be too high on some assessments sometimes because it's my opinion and my opinion alone. Yeah. And, and, and if that happens, if somebody files a tax appeal, I have no problem settling a tax appeal with somebody because I'm assessing over 13,000 properties in freehold. I'm not going to get every single one of them, right. But you know, as time goes on and I reassess every single year, my tax appeals have gone down, you know, so of 13,000 properties, you know, I probably had like a hundred appeals last year. And I would say, Maybe a little bit more than 100, probably like no more than like 125. I don't remember the exact number. But a lot of those appeals were stemming from people whose homes we didn't get into when we were, they were estimated. And then we went out and did the inspection and corrected it and settled their t- appeal with them. I guess that that's kind of the good thing about doing it every year because when it's every four years or five or whatever, <clears throat> then you get hit with that bigger gap yeah, that you made yeah, up. Yeah. When it's once you get corrected and you're on a yearly basis, well, that now your your numbers aren't moving. That's that much. the that's one. You just hit it on the head. So if you're making annual changes every single year, listen, we're not going to see a market where your property value, unless maybe you're living in Asbury Park, where the market's been rocking and yeah. you know started to slow down. I think a little bit, but you know you're not going to see your property rise like thirty percent from one year to the next. N- nor should it, you know knock on wood, nor should it go down by 30% from one year to the next. So, you know, these annual reassessments are done so that there's, there's not these big swings because if you, if you wait and you're like a town that, that does a reval once every 10 years, you know, after that 10 years is up and you do a reval again, you're getting hit. Well, there's going to be, there's going to be two sides of the the, the spectrum. There's going to be people that are going to they're going to go up a lot in 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 uh in taxes and then there's going to be ones that are going down a lot and the and that and the reason for that is that and that kind of gets back to what I said earlier as time goes on the market changes whether it's up down but there the entire town is not going to change by the same percentage so uh, an afflu- a, a much more affluent section of the town maybe from the last reval went up you know 30 to 40% and another section of town may have only gone up 15%. So that that property owner with the 15% is probably over-assessed right now. And the one that that went up 40% since the last reval is probably under-assessed. And that, you know, it's just, it doesn't benefit the, the taxpayers. It doesn't benefit the town. The other thing is with an annual reevaluation or annual reassessment, there's a much greater savings as opposed to waiting um, and, and doing a reval once every 10 years and you got to pay a reval company over a million dollars to do it. That's a big hit to the taxpayers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, it's, you know, yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it ends up being better if it's yearly, you stay on track, you're, you don't have those big swings, you know, that your, your value is pretty much there. And, um, I don't know. I, I think it's, it's just better that way. Um, but now sometimes you see, and you even mentioned it. Um, I guess some towns will base their rate on 100% of the value, 
some towns they they change how much of the value they base their right. uh, their, their their rate against. I guess so. Right? Yes. Yeah, so the the ratio, um, it's called a common level ratio. That's dependent upon the assessment divided by the sale price, um, and there's a sampling period. Excuse me. So for towns that reassess every year, it's 100. percent For towns that don't. The ratio is dependent upon the usable sales in the town. So, like, a sheriff sale comes through. That's not a usable sale. An estate sale, not usable. Um, a sale between family members. Those all get thrown out. They don't get included in that sampling. Um, but the the common level ratio, and it's different for every town because the the, the common level ratio in, like, Eatontown is going to be different than, you know, um, I don't know, Long Branch, right? So it's dependent upon the sales in that town, those particular sales compared to their assessments at the time of the sale. There's over a certain period of time that you you were using for your sample period. And then the state sets the common level ratio for the next upcoming year. So one town could be at an 85% ratio. This is what I was alluding to before, which is kind of like a whole different topic. There's what's called, um, um, uh, I'm drawing a brain fart right here. When you file an appeal, <clears throat> there's this common level ratio and there's a corridor that you have to abide by. This is aside from if you're at 100%. If you're at 100% and you file an appeal and you prove that your assessment is, is less by – if you think that you should be getting a $1,000 decrease in your assessment and you prove it to the county tax board, you'll get it. With um, it's chapter one twenty three. It's called. Um, there's a corridor that the assessor's value or the assessor's assessment is deemed to be accurate on your property, basically in a thirty percent range. So if the property ratio or the ratio for the town is eighty five percent, you got to take eighty five percent times 15 percent below one, and that'll give you a, uh, the the low end ratio. And then you got to take 85% times 1.15, 15% above one to be the high end ratio. Those ratios, then you got to take them. This is very kind of complicated. <laughs> yeah. You take them and you multiply. And, and this kind of gets back to why this is a service to the taxpayer that we reassess on an annual basis because the taxpayer doesn't need to figure this out. Like I still get confused explaining this because yeah. it's it, it it's just – you actually wonder how some towns in this county or in this state are, are still doing this like this. It, it makes it very confusing when you're you're trying to sell, you know, as as a real estate agent in these towns, and it's not a hundred percent based. And then to try to figure this all out, so there's a lot of math yeah, going so on there. So you have to take basically. So let's just say that there's a town that's assessed at 85 percent ratio. You got to take the assessment and you have to divide it by 85 percent, and that'll tell you what the town thinks your value is. Um, and then, it, you know, then there's more math that needs to be done to figure out whether or not that property is overassessed based on what the person thinks the house is really worth or based on what the comps show that the house is worth or maybe there's a contract price on the house. Yeah. So it's it's very confusing. Yeah, so, so if you're in one of those towns, you really have to sit down with the assessor and break down the math yeah. and see where where you're going with your numbers because the numbers really don't reflect no. No. the and actual that, value. And that's the other thing too is that 
Um, in a town that's not at 100% of market value, you know, there's towns in New Jersey that are at like a 30 or 20% ratio. Towns that haven't had a reevaluation in like 30 years, right? It's crazy. That's so nice. the, the assessment, there might be a property that's true value is worth $600,000 and they're assessed at a, the, the town's ratio is 33%. So they're assessed at $200,000, right? Um, the tax rate might be like $9 in that town too. But the people look at their assessment and if they think it's, they see the $200,000 assessment, they're like, oh man, my house is worth, my house is worth $500,000. I'm not going to file an appeal because I think it's, however, they're doing their math wrong and they don't realize that they're actually over-assessed because that $200,000 gets hit with a ratio in the town to come up with what the true market value is. Mm-hmm. So they might think their house is worth five hundred, dollars and it's assessed at two hundred, dollars so they're going to keep quiet because they don't, they don't want to get an increase. But the reality is, and this is just an example, but the reality is, is they could be over-assessed by $100,000 and not know it. <laughs> the, 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 the devil's in the details. Yeah. And, and, and the other problem is on the real estate end, and I know a lot of buyers, they go – when they're on Zillow or wherever, they go right to the tax oh, yeah, number yeah, yeah. and they go, <clears throat> well, the town says this house is worth $200,000. And you go, it's not worth – it's it's 400000 and now you have to break down the reasons and, you, yeah. and you're showing them comps and, you, you know, I show them that, you know, what I find out about the tax rate or whatever. But they don't – they truly don't understand. And – but they're so fixated on that number that they see in Zillow, the last tax rate, the, 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 the last appraised uh, value that the tax gave, the assessed value. Mm-hmm. Um, and without them knowing if the town's basing it off of 100 percent or knowing – how to now come up with the real value sure, by yeah. doing all this other math involved? They're really in their head. They, they're thinking they're they're overpaying. Sometimes I think a lot of times I find that a buyer will look and they'll go, "Oh, I'm not paying that much." The town doesn't say it's worth that much, and I go, "They're not appraising it. They're not assessing it at 100 percent." Right, right. Um, and that ends up being a hurdle for in real estate when the towns aren't reassessing often enough. So then the numbers visually don't look like they're correct. Yeah, well that it's a it's a big problem. It's funny when you brought up Zillow, I thought you were going to bring up the Z estimate. Oh, that's a that's a whole nother <laughs> I can't stand People that. People come Z in estimate. they're like, "Well, Zillow says my house is worth 400 and you got it assessed for 450." I'm like, "Do you know from Z- who made that value from Zillow? I, I don't know who they are. I mean, I, <laughs> it's a computer." Yeah. It, it, yeah. The Z estimate is like uh, the downfall I think of real estate. People, they have this this value that was created by an algorithm, and they think that that's gospel. Sure, yeah. And <clears throat> although in some cases it may be close, but real estate is a commodity. It goes up, it goes sure. down. It's what someone else is willing to pay, you know, meeting in the minds, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes that's hard to, conv- you know, get through some buyers. They think it's like a car sales. Like that is the sticker price. Yeah. And Zillow says it's two fifty. Yeah, I mean it's it's difficult when you know getting to like the real estate real estate side of things when when you you know people they always want to negotiate you know and unfortunately like the market that we're in right now if a house is priced fairly there's really no negotiating you're actually going to probably have to pay over asking price yeah so it's you know it's it's tough when you you know you have some buyers like that that are like I'm not paying over asking price and you're like well listen you know these are the comps. This house was priced at this number to gain a lot of interest and to sell for over asking price. 
that's another thing that I think some buyers don't realize when they do price it at that competitive number, we may see it like, yeah, they priced it there because they knew it was going to yeah. draw the interest. It was going to create a bidding war and it's going to end up being where it's supposed to be. The market is going to sure. set its value. Um, but then sometimes they look back at that tax number and they go, well, the town says it's not worth that much. And I go, well, yeah, it's <laughs> the funny. town isn't. I got a lot. Right now. Yeah, I got a lot of a lot of people that come into my office and they're like, "Well, you know, you got me assessed at X. Can I sell it for more than that?" I'm like, "You could sell it for whatever you can get the house." <laughs> I said, "This assessment is just the opinion of the town to where we're going to rely on that number to basically come up with your property taxes. That doesn't hamstring you from selling your house for fifty thousand dollars more than that." I mean, obviously, I want your house to sell close to what I have it assessed for because that means that I'm doing a good job. But you know, you're not you're not you know capped at selling it for what I have it assessed for. You could sell it for much more than that yeah, if you can get it. God bless. Yeah, you know, good for you. I mean, um, but it, it it is amazing how much weight people put on the assessed value of a house, and I see it all the time. People look right at that number when I send them an MLS, you know, sheet, and they go right to the t- the tax, and they go, "All right, why is this number so far off?" And then you have to explain. There's, and, yeah, it yeah. could be it could be that the house was renovated, and it, and a lot and of the times, town hasn't yeah. captured the, that renovation yet in the assessment. A lot of times that yeah. that is the case. Now, for people that might want to get further resources about tax information. Uh, are there any online places that you suggest or do you suggest, you know, maybe them like if someone's looking to buy in a town, they don't understand the tax uh, situation in that town. Should they just make an appointment with the assessor? Absolutely. So I, I always encourage if anybody ever has any questions about the assessment, just call up your town tax assessor. You know, that's that's what they're there for. They're there to answer questions that the public has. You know, that, that's that's why I have a job in three towns that I work in is that I'm providing a service to the taxpayers of the municipality. You know, you could call them up. You could go in there. You could email them, you know, but you should have no problem, you know, going in there and asking whatever questions you have and, and getting answers to those prior to you purchasing a property. Or if you're already an existing taxpayer, you know, going in there and asking, you know, how'd you come up with my assessment? Yeah. Yeah, the, the the assessor isn't the enemy there. <laughs> I, I think a lot of times they come in ready to fire. You know when they when they go into yeah. that office, and um, you know if if you're active and you you pay attention to your local government, the municipal, the the school board, and the whole nine yards, you will see where your taxes are going. You'll see if they're raising and why. And but if you put your blinders on, and then now it's upticking and you have no reason why it's it's kind of your own fault I yeah. mean, in this day and age with media with uh, information being everywhere you pretty much can get the reason why those numbers are rising and um i mean if for us in new jersey it is what it is i mean it's yeah unless somebody comes up with you know uh an idea uh as to how we're going to fund the schools as opposed to coming out of property taxes i you know it's yeah. it's not you know, it's not going to change, unfortunately. Yeah, not anytime soon. And I, li- I live in West Long Branch. For me, I love my schools. So I like it is. I don't yeah, care. I live in Neptune. We have free preschool. Yeah. So, so all those things play yeah, into yeah. you know what what you're getting. Um, 
So I, I know for myself, but I'm young. I have young kids. So for me to have a great school to send my kids to, even though I'm paying high property tax, it's still cheaper than a private school. Right. So yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm like that. But I understand also. I feel for the the senior that lives in town. Um, but listen, so when that, they had kids in school, they had other seniors that right. were living in town. It's always been a shared burden. So there, this is, and I don't know, um, you know, how many people would be watching the podcast, but that are you know seniors. But they could, you know, there's maybe people that are watching this podcast that have you know relatives that are seniors. There's, um, and I find this, you know, interesting that I think a lot of people don't know about this. There's a, it's called a senior freeze. It's, um, it's also called the, uh, the, um, uh, it's the property tax reimbursement. I think it's, if you look up New Jersey senior freeze on the state website, basically, and I don't know the, all of the qualifications because it's not handled through my office. It's handled, you apply through the, there's a blue binder that the state sends you and then you apply through the tax collector's office in the town that you live in, but you can get your taxes frozen. So the way I understand it, say, you know, you, you, first of all, you have to live in the state for a certain period of time. You have to live in your home for a certain period of time. You have to be, I think, 67 years of age and your annual income, it changes every single year, but your household annual income, let's just say can't exceed $75,000. You can get your taxes frozen and say they're frozen at $5,000. And then every year they may go up, right? So say they're they're $5,500. You pay the $5,500 and then the state reimburses you the difference from your $5,500 to what your base year starting of the freeze was. So you're going to get a refund for $500. That will go on forever, uh, you know, unless the state, you know, you know, dissolves this, this program, but that'll go on forever. So, you know, in like 10 years from now, those property taxes on that property might be $8,000. You're paying the eight, but then the state's reimbursing you back to $3,000. So you're really paying $5,000 a year. Yeah. That's definitely a good service. Yeah. uh, It's called New Jersey senior freeze. Yeah. So anybody that has a parent that's a senior, or if you're a senior yourself, I think you should definitely, or you're just going to hit 67 and you've been in your house for, for enough time. Uh, that is, that's an awesome service that, you know, I hope more people take advantage of because you see so many people retire and then just leave yeah. and then they leave their kids back here. And then now the kids are visiting their parents in North Carolina. That sucks. You know? Yeah. I, I, you hear, know? I hear you. <laughs> you know, so hopefully, I, but that that's, I don't know. It's it's just the way it is. Like you, you live in Jersey, you make a good living, you you make a life here, you raise your kids here, and then you save money by going somewhere else. <laughs> but all right, dude, thank you so much for that information. I yeah, mean, there's absolutely. so much there. There's so many layers to that that tax onion that I mean, I it, it's still it's hard for me to wrap my head around. But I think there's enough information here that. We're a little more educated now going into the process. So I appreciate you you giving that information. And for anyone using you as, as their agent, you're getting a lot of great information there, you know, with you. So thank, thank you, you so much about that. Sure. Um, so I'm going to do a little Quattro Fire. I want to get to know a little bit more about you. I got four questions for you. What is your favorite book? Uh, I don't really read, to be honest <laughs> with you. <laughs> I get a lot I, of that. <laughs> I, uh, I, you know, I'm a little embarrassed to say that, but I, I don't even, to be honest with you, think I have time to read. Um, I, I do have, Audible. Like I have now, Audible is my thing. I, uh, you know, I work. At, basically, I have four 
I have two careers. I'm a real estate agent and I'm a tax assessor. So I technically have four jobs. I'm in three municipalities as a tax assessor, and then I'm also a real estate agent. Um, my wife and I have three children. We have – our youngest was just born about two months ago. Hey, God bless. So it's – thank you. So it's like, you know, I work. I come home. You know, I spend time with my family. I give them baths, the kids, uh, read them books, go to bed, and then I just wake up and do the whole thing over again yeah. for the, all through the Monday through Friday. Uh, and then Saturday and Sunday, you know, I try and, you know, spend time with my family and also trying to juggle real estate too because yeah. real estate for me is – Whenever I'm not working um, as a tax assessor and then also on the weekends. So, like, you know, for me, it kind of slows down in the wintertime, which maybe it does for a lot of other people because I can't show a house at 5 o'clock at night in December when it's pitch black. So that kind of works to my, you know, I kind of appreciate that because then I'm spending a little bit more time with my family in the wintertime. And then as summertime, as you know, we have more daylight. Then you know, I'm, I'm kind of hitting the pavement hard with uh, real estate. Yeah, yeah, it's tough when you're when you're doing both. But the great thing is that you're 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 making the time for your family, and that matters oh, more yeah. than yeah, real absolutely. estate, tax, any career, because that time that you have with your little with your kids, it, it goes by so fast. As I mean, you know, and uh, so that that's most important for myself. Also, I I do a lot during my days, but. My time with my family, it's it's kind of non-negotiable. I make sure. it happen, and it is what it is. If I can't show a house that day, I can't show a yeah. house. Uh, I, I know we, we touched upon it. I haven't done an open house in I don't know how long, and I'm not mad at it. Yeah. I had When I moved to REMAX, I had new open house signs made, and they're sitting in the same pile as the day I had them made. And I'm like, whatever. That's cool. You know, like I, I, I personally would rather spend that Sunday with my family – or even a Saturday or whatever I do with that. Yeah, time's precious, man. I mean, you know, you don't know what, uh, unfortunately, what tomorrow holds. So you got to, you got to, you know, appreciate the time you got with your family and your friends. You got that right. So what, what's your favorite show? If, you, if you're not w- reading, you, you got to watch something. There's got to be something. My favorite thing to watch is football. So yeah. it's not necessarily a show. I mean, I, I, I would say probably, uh, and this is going back a while because I'm not, I don't really watch a lot of TV anymore. Like I, you know, I I, I I settle down when I get home after I put my kids to bed. I'm maybe, you know, I throw on like Channel 12 News and watch what's going on, or maybe watch like a football game. Um, you know, I again, I'm you know, this is this is wild. I used to watch like Entourage all the time or like mm-hmm. The Sopranos, but like I I don't have time for TV. I just yeah, I'm, I, I'm with you. Like I, if there was, if we cut off cable, and it's funny, we just went. We, we called up the cable company to downgrade, save some money. We saved a hundred bucks yeah. just by calling them. But when they started to tell my wife, who watches more TV than I do, like, "Oh, well, you're going to lose this and this and this," she's like, "What? What?" And I'm like, "I don't like for me. I don't. We yeah. could lose it all, but <clears throat> but f- that that's how she decompresses. She yeah. works at a hospital. She deals with high stress situations. It's to save another hundred dollars isn't worth it." For her not to have some enjoyment, just because I'm not using it. Yeah, I mean, I will say, you know, um, if it's on, I don't, I mean, I don't go out of my way to like, you know, DVR anything. Um, but if it's on, I'll watch. Like, I, I really do like Million Dollar Listing. Um, and then my wife watches all those like reality TV shows. So oh, yeah. like, if she's watching it and I'm in bed and I'm, you know, what I, I got, I guess I got no other choice yeah. but to watch it. So. <laughs> So then I get all I, I watch it and I get especially like those HGTV uh, you know they show three homes and they pick that and I'm like this is fucking fake. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite quote? Do you have a quote that you live by that you like? 
You're asking me some. I'm, I'm turning out to be a pretty bore, boring uh, uh, guy here. I don't read. I really don't watch much TV. Um, my favorite quote. I'm going to get you a book of quotes that you'll never read. <laughs> yeah, I don't necessarily know if it's, not, it's a quote. or. I mean, I, you know, I just think that, um, you know, uh, I kind of live by as far as like my work ethic is just, you know, you work hard, you know, you're going to see positive results. Uh, and I'm a firm believer in, in having a pretty strong work ethic. Um, you know, I've been working since I was probably like 12 years old. Uh, I've always been just, you know, driven that I, you know, I, I, you know, I, I want to have money. I want to be able to have like nice things. So for me, I guess my quote would, would technically be, um, you know, even though it's not per se from anybody individually, I would say that, you know, uh, hard work pays off. Yeah, definitely. hundred percent. You put in the hard work, you're going to eventually see results yeah. down the road. Maybe not instantly, but definitely. Uh, is do you have like a pay- favorite piece of advice maybe someone gave you along the way or that you have for, uh, you know, that you would tell your kids, you know? Well, I just think, you know, whatever you put your mind to, I think you can accomplish. But with that, you know, you're going to have to work towards it. You know, nothing's nothing's given to you. You're, you got to earn everything. Um, you know, it doesn't matter if you're, you know, you come from um, – you know, uh, a poor background. Um, I got plenty of friends who, who are doing phenomenal that, you know, didn't come from the greatest, uh, background. Um, you know, or, or if you're, you know, if you're short like me and you want to play <laughs> basketball, you know, if you, you know, you, whatever you put your mind to, I think you can accomplish. It's just a matter of, you know, you persevering, not giving up. Um, and you know, that's, that's what I, it's funny. Uh, getting back to the whole short thing, uh, uh, my family is not tall, <laughs> so <laughs> I have a, my oldest is my daughter, and then I have two boys. And uh, my daughter came home the other day, which I think she's done a couple times now. And she just starts crying. I'm like, "What's the matter?" And she's like, "Oh, I'm the shortest one in my class again." I'm like, "Gee," I said, "It doesn't matter how tall you are or how short you are." I said, "It doesn't. You know, you're a good person." I said, that's all that matters. I said, and you'll realize that when you get older. Because, you know, when I was younger, I had the same, I was, you know, I wanted to be taller. I think everybody wants to be, I think everybody wants to be something extra that they're not. Whether it's, absolutely, whether it's, you know, you know, uh, Mark Cuban, who's a billionaire, or whether it's, you know, superstar LeBron James or anybody, you know, there's always something extra. I feel like all athletes want to be entertainers. Entertainers want to be athletes. Um, you know, a, a guy that's, you know, six foot two wants to be six foot four, it, you know, yeah, everyone always wants yeah, something that they don't have. So it's just, you know, for me with my, with my daughter and, you know, I'll tell my kids all it, you got to have respect for people. You know, you, you know, it's, it's not about, um, you know, how tall you are, or, you know, how short you are, or, you know, what you look like or what your economic, you know, background is or you know your social status it's you know you got to be you got to be truthful and 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 uh nice to everybody yep dude that that is on point and fire because my one son he's always been above on the growth curve he's a big kid for a seven-year-old he's bigger than all his friends and then my baby he's below on the growth curve and he's probably going to be smaller like uh my uncle was smaller than me. He's maybe even smaller than you. I mean, we don't know, you know, 
the genes are there for both ways. Sure. But like, that is not their crutch. Like if one's bigger and one's smaller, there's there's a, a plus to both. You know, there, there's running backs that are small that no one could even see yeah, get around them. Yeah. You know, that Barry the, Sanders, one yeah. of the best running backs ever. Exactly. And then you got a big guy that everyone sees coming down the line. So there's a place for everyone. And, you know, your only limitations in your head. 100%. Yeah, man. Well, listen, I thank you again for coming on the show. Let people know where they can find you, where, you know, give them phone numbers, uh, websites, everything again. Where, you know, let everyone know where they can find you. Uh, well, they know, you know, uh, Freehold, Bayhead, and Boundbrook, they can find you in the tax assessor's office. <laughs> but give, the, give your real estate information out there. So I'm a real estate agent out of uh, Ward White Sotheby's International Realty. It's in Belmar on Main Street, 901 Main Street in Belmar, New Jersey. Um, my cell phone number is 732-915-2309. Uh, my email is mimbriaco at wardwhitesir.com. It's M-I-M-B-R-I-A-C-O at W-A-R-D-W-I-G-H-T-S-I-R.com. You could also look me up on uh, Instagram. Uh, it's imbriaco underscore realtor. I think that's what it is. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, <laughs> yep. Um, I'm also on Facebook. I got a personal page. I got a business page. Uh, business page is really simple. Just look me up, Michael and Lauren, L-A-U-R-E-N, Imbriaco. Um, real estate, I think it what it is, and you'll you'll find it immediately. Um, and then my personal is Mike Imbriaco. Um, you know, if you you want to message me on there, you want to message me on Instagram, uh, text me, call me, email me. Uh, I'd be more than happy to to help you out with any questions you got. And even if it's you got a tax question, uh, if you got a you got a question about a property that you own, and you know you you, you think that. Um, there's a possibility that, you know, you might be overassessed. I'll, I'll take a look at it for you. I can't help you file the appeal, but I can look and tell you, well, you might have a case. And then if that's, you know, I always recommend, though, again, getting back to the tax uh, assessments, just reach out to your tax assessor in the town that you live in because that's what they're there for. That's what they're getting paid for. And, you know, if they're not being helpful to you after you've, you know, showed that you need some assistance, then, you know, you got to go to a, a higher uh, person in the building, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if there's anybody in the uh, and you you work primarily Monmouth County, is that where real you like estate? To stay? Yeah, I do. I do Monmouth, Monmouth County, Ocean. and then I'll do. I, I, I'm definitely an ocean, uh, but my main focus is is uh, Monmouth County and then Northern Ocean County. All right. So if, if you don't reach out to me first, <laughs> <laughs> now Mike Mike's a great guy, and I, and I appreciate you coming on the show and, and sharing all that information and. Uh, you know, congratulations again on the baby. Thank you. Um, you're a great dad and spending all that time with them, and, and that means a lot. So thank appreciate you, Mike. It. Thanks for having me, Mike. I appreciate it. Thank you. And I'd like to thank everyone for listening to the show. My name is Mikey T. Michael Anthony Timpani, as my mama named me. You can follow the show on Instagram and Facebook at First Timers Podcast Show. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at THS Home Advisors and at Mikey T Sells NJ Homes. A link to all the websites can be found on our social sites, and you can pretty much put a .com after those names and get right to the website. Please leave a review on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play. Share and subscribe to our weekly podcast show. Message us with any questions or topics you would like to hear, and if you're a professional that could bring some value to our audience, I'd love to have you on. Together we can learn and grow. I have a quote, unlike you, <laughs> and it's from Benjamin Franklin, and I think it's fitting. But in this world, nothing can be said to be certain except for death and taxes. <laughs> oh, yeah. God bless everybody, and have an amazing week. Uh-huh.